Welcome to this episode of the Luminosity Podcast, hosted by Maria Conde. This podcast is an ongoing conversation to provide busy entrepreneurs practical tools and inspiring stories to live a healthy and abundant life with grace and ease. Welcome to the show. Here's your host, Maria Conde. Hello and welcome everyone. Thank you for joining us today. I am super excited to be here with you and I have a very special guest for you today. Let me ask you a couple questions first. Are you the person that cringes when you have to walk into an event where you have to mingle with other people? And do you prefer maybe to stay home in the comfort of your own home? These are just a couple of traits of an introvert. And believe it or not, I too am an introvert. I would much rather stay at home. I love to talk, but it wears me down really quickly. Then I like to just go hibernate again. I know there are many other introverts out there, and today we have the pleasure of speaking with Caroline Wood. And Caroline Wood supports introverts like herself to build successful businesses that honor her introver- in- honor their introversions and hers. <laughs> she does this by helping them put in place great systems and setting prices to thrive. Caroline is a corporate escapee, having spent 20 years working as a chartered accountant, working for large businesses and not-for-profits. She has wound her way around the world working in Australia, her home country, the UK, Namibia, and Laos. Welcome, Caroline. Hi, Maria. Thank you for having me. It's lovely to be here. You're welcome. And I hope I didn't butcher any of those names in there. No, <laughs> I know we went through this beforehand. <laughs> Still looking at it going, did I say that right? <laughs> you did. <laughs> and um, like I've said before, I like to keep these as casual conversations without it being too formal. We get into a round of what feels like maybe a little more formal, but it's meant to be fun questions at the end. And I have to say a couple of things though, but when I was reading to about getting to know you a little bit more better before I put you on the microphone, I realized that we had so much in common and I too am a corporate escapee of this year. I did 32 years as a chartered accountant and am very much an introvert. Most people don't see me as an introvert and especially in my accounting world, in the accounting world where you have extreme introverts often, I was an extrovert. But when I get into a room of introvert or extroverts, I shut down completely. Like you guys, the mic is yours, it's all yours, and I'll sit in the back corner here. <laughs> I don't need to jump in at this point. But, you know, so I guess it's, what is it called? Um, when someone's across between the two, there's a word for it too, and I've lost it. Yeah, so they it's called some people yeah. ambiverts. Uh, yeah, I think and, it's very close to the center, really, of both. Yeah, and I've adapted maybe more over years of having to be in that space, so I've gotten myself a little more comfortable with it. But if I have to go into something that's out of my comfort zone, oh, the introvert's right there. Like, you know, can I go home now? <laughs> well, how do I how do I escape out of here? Right? And, yeah, uh, very very challenging at times. But they, they've even now found that so a lot of it's about overstimulation. They found that one of the big things is uh, introverts react differently to extroverts with dopamine in the brain. So it's actually some brain chemistry as well that's coming in. It's not just ah. um, 
yeah, not just about, say, how you've been brought up or anything like that. There is actually brain chemistry happening in your brain that makes you be more introverted or extroverted. And a lot of it ties into that magical chemistry of dopamine that gets uh, talked about a lot. Wow, how fascinating. I was just going to say, I'm really looking forward to this conversation because of me personally, but like it's, it's getting good already. <laughs> I'm learning things already. That's, I love, that's, you know, the one thing that I, I do these podcasts because I love connecting with people and I love learning. And yeah. there's just, there's so much good out there in the world and it's, you know, bring it to all the audience too. So yeah. Great. Amazing stuff. It is. Yeah. So let's begin. So I need to, um, I want to hear about your journey of how you got to, from where you are to where you are now to from where you came from. <laughs> I'm tongue twisted today. <laughs> so, I, you know, you mentioned I started, I spent most of my working life as a chartered accountant. I've done a few other things before that. I was initially in the Air Force for ooh, six years okay. um, and then became a chartered accountant and as part of that, I went over to the UK and that sort of started me working overseas and experiencing other cultures, which I really, even as an introvert and I'm shy and it's difficult, I still really love seeing other cultures and just, I mean, and the world is just such an amazing, beautiful place. It is. But I just, I think I've spent a lot of time, and one of the reasons why I then moved into the not-for-profit sector is I've really spent a lot of time trying to find something trying to find work that matches up with my values mm -hmm. and I think also partly trying to find somewhere where as an introvert I felt comfortable so the chartered accounting word you know it's pretty good for my introversion it perhaps didn't quite hit the buttons in terms of my my values particularly in terms of uh, creating a more equitable world mm -hmm. uh, that's sort of really important to me so I worked in the not-for-profit sector which was good um, I had some amazing experiences in Namibia and Laos in particular, but uh, my parents started to get older. I wanted to come home, so I was closer to them. Started working for not-for-profits here in Australia, and I just felt, A, there was something a little bit missing in terms of my values, but I also started to have concerns around um, were the organisations, and this ties into my values, were they sustainable, were they going to be able to survive? You know, there was so much tied to donations and government funding. Mm -hmm. And I started to think, well, maybe you can do some wonderful things in the world through either social enterprise or, as I've done now, creating my own business. So that's sort of the journey I've been on. Mm -hmm. I've tried out a couple of different businesses. I think initially I did things where I thought it was going to be easier to make money. So I did Facebook ads management for a while, which was pretty easy cash because everyone wanted to get on the, the bandwagon of ads. Yeah, I'll talk to you about that later. <laughs> <laughs> but now, no, just the thing I'm really passionate about is, you know, the introvert side of things and mm -hmm. making sure that introverts really believe that they can build a business for themselves. That I think there's a lot of extrovert role models out there. Oh, so, absolutely. Yeah. Or they appear as extroverts. Yes. Yeah. I think there's this real image that you have to be loud to be successful. Yeah. And yet I know there's some wonderful introverts out there who are doing wonderful things without being loud but they just perhaps don't have quite the uh the profile that some of the extroverts have so i really want to show people that it is possible to create an introvert, an introvert friendly business and yeah. be successful absolutely and it's interesting because one of the um top people that i've followed online is amy porterfield and very very successful in the online world 
Yeah. She's an introvert. She says it, it is, it, some days it just pains her to leave her house, right? Yes. And, you know, when you listen to her talk, and I've watched her sort of over many years blossom into where she is now, where she's a lot more comfortable. She wouldn't even go in front of a camera for years. Yeah. When I first started listening to her podcast, she wouldn't do a, a live video on Facebook. Yep. She just wouldn't even go there. And now she's just so comfortable in front of the camera. She doesn't worry about all the things that she used to worry about. And, you know, the flow is there now. Yeah. I think a lot of introverts, a lot of introverts, you know, it's actually find that um, not so much for some of the public speaking videos, it's actually easier than a lot of other work that you're expected to do because it can be scripted. Like you can be prepared in advance. And I think that helps a lot of introverts to, it's not actually as scary as perhaps going into a networking event where it's yes. just and you have conversations to are crazy. Think of something instantly yeah. to say to somebody. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're tripping over your tongue, it feels like, all the time. And yeah. Yeah, I totally, that, I know that feeling. And yeah. For me, I've had also, to, go ahead. That's also part of the chemistry thing that, mm. that's the other thing they found is introvert brains, there's a longer path that information takes in an extrovert. So that's why they, perhaps look like they're thinking slower it is but they are thinking slower it's because they're the thoughts go through a longer path in the brain than they do with an extrovert really yeah interesting Interesting. yeah wow that's fascinating i find find when i go into like a networking meeting it takes me a lot of i do have to have some of it scripted in my head yeah you know even when i'm doing coaching and stuff you know i have a list of questions there that are prompts for myself and so i don't have to spend so much energy trying to dig into the, you know, I also have a learning disability too. So you put the two together and yeah. you know, my, my fast recall when I'm well-versed in something like my accounting world, you know, I did that mm. for 32 years. I, I didn't even have to think about it. I could just get yeah. up every day and I never had to put a thought to it. Now, um, actually when I was just leaving out of that world, um, all the rules were changing. I was in a new organization and all those things, a new organization that we created and doing international accounting and, and having to relearn everything was mm. very painful. Yes. And they were putting me on another two-year project. And I said, you know what, time out. Like, I'm done. My brain is just not going to go there anymore. Yep. <laughs> I'm closer to retirement than I am in my 30s, you know. So it's like, yep. I, if I was 30, I might take it on but I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And so I said, you know what, this is my moment to transition out. And, yeah. But when I go into any of these other networking events, I like to have some, I like to have it scripted to a certain degree so that I, I yep. don't waste a bunch of energy trying to, and then you get into the panic mode and you start sweating and nothing comes out straight. And, you know, you're not doing what you want to be doing at that point. Yes. Yep. You're, trying, you're supposed to be looking cool, confident and collected, right? <laughs> anything but in those moments right yeah and I think that's why often being a speaker at event is good because then people approach you and they're the ones asking the questions and you know what you're talking about so exactly it's really interesting to see what what actually does work for introverts and what what perhaps doesn't work so well I do like public speaking yeah I do like I get nervous to a certain degree Mm. uh, which you should I mean everybody does yeah Yes. Even when you do it all the time, you're always still that little bit of nervousness coming out before you get up on stage. Just, yep. you know, all the mics hooked on. Is everything going to be okay? Yep. Am I going to remember everything I'm supposed to remember? You know, which are just natural places of where you go, right? Mm. Yes. Um, but it, I think isn't public speaking. It's like the 
I think I can't remember whether it's the biggest fear before death or just number two after death, whichever yeah. one it is. Right up there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's actually, it's very yeah. it can work. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Um, let's, I'd like to know a little bit about your experience as an introvert and even going into the coaching world because, you know, a lot of the audience is going to be coaches too, right? Yeah. And how did that show up for you trying to, you know, the first thing I think of is, you know, even one of my challenges you know, that I don't ever really talk about a lot is when you go to do sales and stuff like that, which is, mm. can be challenging to begin with, but you throw an introvert into the puzzle of that. And it's like, wow, how do, you know, I found my path through it, but it's, you know, some of it, and once I do it more and more and more, it gets easier. But when you first start or trying to do something new, it's like, wow, this is hard. So I'll yeah. let you speak on that a little bit. I actually haven't found sales calls that challenging. I think before I started to do my first ones, I'm a huge researcher. I'm a, okay. Before I do anything, I research everything to death, <laughs> part of my procrastination techniques. But I just, I found some really good information on sales calls, a really lovely script to use, but also the comment that it's actually about the other person talking and telling them about your business. Totally. So I actually don't have to say very much. So for me, a sales call isn't yeah. that bad because I have a script and actually I get them to do all the talking rather yeah, than and me. And you are supposed to just listen to them, right? And yeah. ask them questions and get them to realize that they need help and support yeah. or whatever it is that you're trying to yeah. guide them towards, right? Yeah. As, and as I think for me, to them. for me, I don't, I don't try and do a hard sell on a call either. I think because I work with introverts, you know, we like time to think, to make decisions. Oh, so okay. I'm very much, Good. these are the, I, I'm very upfront whether I can help someone or not. So, you know, some of my sales calls will be, I'm not the right person for you. Here's someone else. Or I'll send you an email with some other people I think you could talk to. Yeah. But I'm very much, you know, if you'd like to go ahead, send me an email and I'll send you the contract. So for me, because I'm working with introverts and I know they need time to think, I'm not trying to do a hard pressure sale. And I think you know, because, because of my client, who my clients are, they actually appreciate yes. taking that, you know, them having that space to think and say, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Mm. I love it. Great conversation. <laughs> I would like to know, I just had a thought too, and I just, I should have wrote it down. And that's another thing. If I don't write it down instantly, because I'm trying to listen yep. to you at the same time. Um, yep. It was about your clients and how do they, how do they show up and what are their challenges in their world? that you're helping them with? I think for a lot of them, it's overwhelm. Mm -hmm. So I think one of the problems if you're an introvert is that particularly with the online world, it's really easy to get overstimulated by all the information that's out there and trying to be on 5 million social media networks and talking to too many people. So you're exhausted at the end of the day. So I think that's the big challenge that they face is that they're just being constantly bombarded with things and not taking that time to to reflect and think which introverts need. Mm-hmm. So I really try and work with them to put in place processes and you know, get their pricing right so they don't have to, to be talking to people all the time. And when they are talking to people, it's those deep conversations that introverts love rather than talking about, well, what time works for you for the next appointment? You know, it's, yeah, yeah there's, you know, when do you want to talk? Um, yeah, so to having conversations that, that matter and... Also, making sure they're only talking to people that they want to talk to. So really being, you know, I think there's this thing out there that you should, when you first start out, you need to get on calls with every man and their dog. Mm -hmm. 
and perhaps you do very you know, in the very initial stages of your business, but after that, I think you should be screening who you're talking to, making sure they are likely to be good fits for you as terms of clients, so you're not wasting your social energy on on talking to people who who just aren't the right people for you. Mm-hmm. So it's really about dealing with that overwhelm about talking to too many people all the time and being bombarded with too much stuff. The only good part about that is if you choose to go that route, if they're not your ideal clients, you're actually having lots of practice time on yes. people that might not be your ideal client. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're not wasting an ideal client. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, initially you need to do that. But once you've sort yeah. of been in your business for a little while, it's about getting much more intentional about who you talk to. Yeah. And so like for an introvert, I mean, the, especially are most of your clients like in the coaching world? Yeah, most of a few. Yeah, fitness people, health. Yeah, in the online world of some sort, anyways, probably. Yes. Um, How do you guide them then to? I mean, to get your initial contacts and stuff like that. I mean, you have to throw yourself out there into the social media world if you're on in an online environment, right? Yeah. And um, is it just tapering back to one or two specific? social media channel sort of thing or is it do you have other tips without giving yeah away so that's, that's probably, no no that's probably the biggest one is about looking at looking at which social media channels you want to be on and which ones are actually leading you know which ones are growing your business by looking at the numbers that looking at your numbers I think people think oh they they enjoy being on Facebook but if they're getting all their sales from Instagram then you're you know, gonna go that, to Instagram. that's where they yeah. need to be yeah. Exactly. So thinking about being much more intentional about where they are. Yeah. And yeah, I think you do have to put yourself out there, but it's doing it in a way that pushes you outside your comfort zone, but doesn't throw you completely off the deep end. Yeah. So if videos don't feel comfortable, like you were saying with Amy Porterfield, don't do them to start with. You know, do yeah. written stuff or audio. You know, it's there's lots of options out there. You know, do Instagram yeah. stories where you can edit them and have much more control over what what it looks like rather than say doing a live video. I've done that. And I, I don't do, I, my Facebook, all the stories I chal- I'm challenged with all of them. Yeah. Uh, whether it be Facebook stories or Instagram stories. Yeah. Um, I do a lot of deleting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's like, oh, that didn't come out right. That's not what I wanted to say. And um, especially when you have such a condensed time period. Hmm. And yep. to get my brain to come in very clear, concise in a very short period of time doesn't always work. Yeah. <laughs> I want to tell a story. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just finding what works for you as an introvert. Yes, yeah. you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone. I think everyone does with their business. Yeah, totally. Pushing yourself out a bit without completely making yourself feel really awful on a regular basis. Yeah. I find myself, I'm an all or nothing person. And so I put myself out there so much and then it just completely drains me. And yeah. then I find it hard to start again sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, that overwhelm does kick in every once in a while. Where And I, it's interesting that we, we talk about this because I've never attributed it to being an introvert. Hmm. But I, it probably is. Or a good chance it is. Yeah, or a, a portion of it. There's, you know, it's yeah. made up of all sorts of different pieces of your puzzle, yeah. right? So yeah. But uh, it makes a lot of sense, though, too, because, <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, seven o'clock in the morning, I said I was going to go on Facebook Live, but I don't want to do that. It's too much. <laughs> yeah. And it, yeah. it does. And I have to have things scripted, like you said, too, and it does yeah. help to get through yeah. that. 
And yeah. uh, once I have it scripted too, I can add to it. And I just, I think it's yep. a mental comfort knowing that it's there. Yeah. And I don't always follow it and I can derail completely sometimes, which is fine. But even <laughs> like, even for our, all my podcast conversations, I have a script in front of me, but yep. it's key points that I have to remember. It's not every word. So it's not going to look like I'm or sound like I'm actually coming from a recording. It's just going to be, oh yeah, you need to remember that, you know? Yep. And yeah. 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 I think prep is a big thing for introverts to really help them with that visibility side of things is getting really clear on what message you want to get across. So you're not feeling like you're just hopping on and going, talking on a video and then suddenly getting tongue tied because your brain's not moving fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and so you said most of your clients are going to be coaches or people that are in the online world. Yeah. Do you ever see this um, with, have you ever had the experience of seeing this with people that have like a store or like a, a real live, I would say a real live because a business is yep. a business, but a um, storefront kind of business that's not I online. Haven't. No, no. Cause, cause I mainly work with, yeah, really only work with online people. Yeah. I mean, I've done some work myself when I, I do some, still do some work with charities here and I help man the store for them. And yeah. I actually don't mind that. I find that, I think because people again are coming to me and asking me questions, it's not such a challenge. As, you, really as opposed interesting. to yourself out there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, how do you people yourself, come to me? Yeah, how do you feel about public speaking yourself then? Uh, I used to be fine about it. I think at the moment I've been struggling with it. I think it's the whole video thing actually. Public speaking, I'm probably fine. It's trying to do it on video yeah. where. It's going to be permanent, I think, is what, what freaks me out the most. <laughs> I love honesty. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, um, so I'm not doing much video at the moment. I probably will get back into it because I know that it does, it works for me. But yeah. Yeah. I believe systems is a really important thing too. Even if you're not an introvert, mm. um, I think it's really helpful for everybody. Yeah. Oh, I think they extroverts because extroverts can be off on a wild tangent, you know, because they're too busy, you know, talking and making deals as opposed to yeah. the pieces in the place in the background too. Yeah, right? exactly. So, yeah. 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 Extroverts usually have someone behind them cleaning up and putting all yeah. the pieces behind them, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think extroverts do not love, generally love those, the system side of things. No, no, no. But they do, I recognize that they help a huge amount. Yeah. Um, they're such a time saver. Oh, totally. And stop you doing things that are really boring for anyone. Now I have a question for you. And it's, you know, I don't know if you've experienced this yourself or you see it in other people. It's about procrastination. Does that come up mm. even more with the introverts? I don't know. Uh, that you've seen? I don't think it does. I think it just comes up in a different way and around different things. Okay. I was going to say, so when they I come to see you too, they're probably already realizing that they need to alter something, right? Or make a change of some sort. Yeah. So I think for me, what I see is the introverts that I work with, they come to me because they're struggling you know, with this overwhelm and often procrastinating, particularly like me, around being visible because that's the thing that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And so they, I think it's more different how they procrastinate. So we procrastinate over things that we don't want to do and that varies between introverts and extroverts. But then I think I see the extroverts off then 
um, engaging in Facebook groups, doing you know their lives, chatting to people rather than perhaps doing some of the other aspects of their business yes. they need to do. Whereas the introvert yeah. will then sit there on the computer researching things and reading and getting comfortable. So it's that's me. <laughs> so it's just I think it's different how we procrastinate, but it's still procrastination over not wanting to do that thing that makes us feel uncomfortable, yeah. whatever that is. I find with myself, and I'll I'll be honest, even today I I am trying to pick a path going forward on something in particular and I have like 25 different things I can do so if I yeah. research them thought about them research them some more and I cannot just pick one path mm. and I commit to it you know yeah and it's it's procrastination but yeah. I'm not afraid of anything you know because I <laughs> once I choose a path yeah you know, even the people that coach me say once you choose a path like oh my god look out right yeah because I'm like a bulldozer going through it. <laughs> but it's choosing that path. Like making the decision for me yeah. is so, so challenging. There's a little bit of per- perfectionism in there too, I'm assuming. Yeah. And, you know, a little bit of introversion probably thrown in there and, you know, a few other things. And you put it a little bit of fear. I mean, there's a reality to that too. Yeah. I think overwhelm's a big one. Yeah. That and if so- you're overwhelmed, you don't pick anything. Yeah, and it's it's made me more overwhelmed. So today I was sitting at this mm. lovely coffee shop in Vancouver, eating my favorite pastry, and making a list of all my options. I thought, okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm just going to figure out which option I'm going to take here, right? Yeah. And it made me more overwhelmed because yep. I had more choices because I thought of all these other things. <laughs> <laughs> it made it worse. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm getting better with cutting down my to-do list, and that has made a difference because, like you, I just I look at a long list and go, oh. I do not know which one of these things I'm going to do first. Yeah. I'm usually pretty good with lists, but I, you know, in this particular thing, I, I've waited, it's been three and a half months where I cannot make a decision on this one thing. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm going back and forth, back and forth on, you know, maybe I'll do this, maybe I'll do that, maybe I'll do this. And then I, today I said, I just write it all on a piece of paper, write pros and cons sort of thing, overanalyze uh, into the nth degree, right? Yep. <laughs> and then I got this huge long list and then I had to, my parking meter was going to expire and it's like, okay, now I'm more confused. <laughs> so tonight I will be sitting down and, and trying to, you know, I've tried yeah. to put deadlines on myself to try and make this decision. It's just been the bizarrest thing. It, uh, decisions are weird. I just, I'm really trying to get better at setting myself, right, you've got to decide by this time. And is then, that a piece of introversion or is that just procrastination and fear linked to, or is it all together maybe? I think it's probably all together. I think together. everyone, I yeah. don't know. Some people are very decisive. Yeah. I wonder if it's Do you find your introverts are decisive too, to a certain degree? Some of them are. Some, some of them, them are, are very decisive. Yeah. I can, I can be in certain situations. Mm. Like I said, once I've got the bulldozer going, you know, yeah. like, yes, no, yes, no. You know, it's, it's there, right? But that initial yep. the gate. What am yeah, I, I th- maybe it's commitment phobia. <laughs> Could well be. Who knows? <laughs> I blame it on my introversion. <laughs> yes. I think for me, one of the big things, yeah, I've been trying to tell myself that because I'm a huge overanalyzer, yeah. I've been trying to tell myself that you know, nothing is set in stone. You can yeah. always change that decision. Absolutely. Like, go back. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. doesn't always work, but that's what I've been trying to tell myself. Yeah. But it was very interesting because I, when I was prepping for this podcast today, for this recording, and I said to myself, as I was writing this list, I said, what, I noticed some of these things take too much of my energy. Mm. 
and their energy zaps and require yeah. too much of um, just too much of me, right? Yeah. And then I get drained because I I'm a person that when I do something, I'm all in, right? Yep. But if I do that, then I I'm just flat out exhausted yeah. after that, right? And there's no brain yep. power left. Yep. So I'm going to be looking at my list in a little bit different perspective tonight and mm. trying to see from a different angle, you know, how, what can I sustain long-term too yeah. versus, you know, what's in, a, you know, the little short ones, right. That I can just get through. Yeah. I think that's a problem that introverts have that they, you know, I can put myself out on a Facebook live for a week if I absolutely, absolutely had to, I would hate it, but I could, mm-hmm. but that, that wouldn't be a sustainable Exactly. That's a sustainable piece. And I've tried to do yeah. like that, even like that, for instance. Yeah. You know, I've tried to do, I did a 30, crazy me, tried to do a 30 day Facebook live challenge. Yeah. You know, like wrong, five days, you know, yep. <laughs> five days, yep. that's going to be a push, right? Yeah. I did definitely. the 30 days, but it, you know, we, it was a, it was so draining because it's not, yeah. it's too much of a force then as opposed yep. to an actual extrovert would just show up turn the mic on. Yeah. And, you know, one of the people that I follow was Stu, uh, is it Stu McLaren. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Tribe. Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he just shows up every day for his tenant yeah. and he's on yep. you know, and doesn't look like he ever tires. It's like, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe uh, that's the only people, if he's an introvert, maybe that's the only people he does all day. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think he's an introvert though. No, probably not. No. <laughs> and then he's on the stage and then he's on here and then yeah, you know, no. and it's fun. You know, he's got lots of energy all the time, right? Yeah. You know, he does his Instagram stories all the time and he's like everywhere, yeah. right? And he's got yeah. lots of energy to him. Yeah. Where I could do yeah. that for two or three days and I'd be yeah. done. Like I'd yeah. be burning out really quickly. Yeah. We'd have an introvert hangover, I think they call it. Oh, I love that term. <laughs> I love that. Introvert hangover. Yeah, when you've done it. too much peopling, too much peopling, yeah. And there's some points where I get to a point where I just I can't people anymore at all. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just like I'm I'm my home. I can't. <laughs> it's pajama no, day. I'm not that. going out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and even to do, you know, I'm supposed to be all I'm supposed to be on Facebook Live today, and so I can't can't do it. You know. Yeah. And so trying to find your path through that is, especially yeah. in a world where live is where it's at a lot of the times is yeah. very, very challenging. I think you've just got to be kind to yourself. And there are always yeah. alternate ways. Yes, you have to put yourself out there, but there are lots of ways you can put yourself out there. And it's, it's finding the right one for you that doesn't yeah. make you feel like, you know, you've had five bottles of wine and need to lie down for the next 10 days <laughs> or something like that. So, yeah. 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 Um, my last question to you before we jump into our other yep. segment here. Um, do you find when people have to do the sales side of it, I know you said you don't experience that yourself, but do you find mm. your clients have that overwhelm or it drains them having to do that sales piece of it? I think it does initially. I think once they have a system in place, like, yes. you know, they have that script and they realize then they're much more comfortable with it, I think. And you do a few. You have to get through a handful of them. Yeah, yeah. And you get you know, into the swing of things and you realize yes. actually they're not that horrible. And once and you get clear on your speaking and what you want to say and what's important and, you know, you can lose that and you need to add that in. And once you have that yeah. all pieced together, then it's probably much easier. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think it's once they realise it's a conversation about whether the client's a good fit for them and vice versa. Yes, it's both sides. Yeah, it's not um, just. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The conversation gets easier when they realise that it's not about them. But I think up front, there's so much messaging out there about, you know, you've got to get them to hand over the credit card on the call and all this sort of stuff. It's just like, yeah. no, you don't. Just don't do let what them feels the good phone. for yeah. you. Yeah, if they have to yeah. think about it, then you're not going to have them, you know. But yeah. you know, that's knowing your client, though, too. And if that's the way an introvert works, yeah. then that's probably okay. And doing appropriate follow-up is really important then. Yeah. So it's having systems in place to follow up with them to say, you know, did you have any questions? Yeah. You know, is there any more information you need? And to be honest, a lot of people, you know, with me, I think because I don't do the hard sell, they say, oh, yeah, no, that sounds really good. I'd like to go ahead. And yeah. then, you know, we just roll into the process yeah. without me having to do a hard, you know, a hard sell yeah. on the call. And if you're not selling a $20,000 ticket item or something like that, then, yeah. it's, you know, if you're in a reasonable price range as a coach, then yeah. it's, it's a somewhat easier conversation, you know, if you're yeah. having to have people take out a second mortgage, then, you know, I got to go check with my spouse is going to be a quiet yeah. now, a comment, right? Yeah. So. And I think it's important about... And this is not my strength, you know, other people are much better at this than me, but, you know, having the copyright on your website and, you know, being clear about who you are and who you work with makes those conversations a lot easier too. It does. It does. But, you know, I wonder how much people actually rely fully on a um, website and reading the full script. Like if I go onto somebody's website and I, I do a lot by intuition, I have to admit. Yeah. So if I go on to a website and, you know, there's three or four key words that catch me, I'm not yep. going to read it all, but those three or four yep. words, I'm going to get the feeling of whether or not it's going to be right for me. Yeah. I might look a little bit about that person, but, yeah. and I might look that's the, that's the three magic or four of words. Copywriting. Say, yeah. If, if they're the coach that I'm looking for, you know? Yeah. And, you know, oh, they specialize in marketing, but I'm not looking for marketing. I'm actually looking for X, Y, Z over yeah. here, you know, yeah. and that's all you need yeah. to do. You don't have to read yeah. don't have pages and no. pages of script, right? No. I don't even get through. Yeah. And that's where the magic of good copywriting comes in. But as yeah. I say, that's not, that's not my skill. That's someone else completely. Yeah. I hire who, that one out myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's no, a whole specialist skill. Yeah, totally. And I totally forgot what I was even talking about in that, but it's all good. <laughs> Sales calls. Sales calls. Yeah. We kind of derailed a bit though. Just yeah. 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 Um, so as, before we jump into the insight round, is there any important message or anything in particular you would like the audience to know or hear or any particular message for them? Um, I think for me, one of the things I'm, so one of the things I help with people with is their pricing. And the reason why I do this is I think, there was a statistic out last year by FreshBooks oh. and that I think it was it's 28% of women, women entrepreneurs pay themselves 28% less than men. Oh. And I know there's all sorts of structural things around there about funding and the types of industries that women go into and that sort of stuff. But yeah, as an introvert, if you're not paying yourself well, you have to talk to a lot more people to make the money up, particularly as a coach. Yes. You know, if you're only charging $100 an hour, you have to talk to a lot of people to make a reasonable income. Oh, yeah. You're on the, and that's, on the call all yeah. day long. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's, and this really applies to all women entrepreneurs, it's just put your prices up. Yes, yeah. I have a system and I can help people do that. But really, 
just put them up five percent today that's my message that i'd really love to get across and start with that get comfortable then do it again when you're you know when it's working yeah yeah i really want to stop us creating this, our own gender pay gap in our own businesses is just yes, and we create a lot of it so depressing sometimes, yeah. right? Yeah, in our own self worth, and yeah, and yeah. it's not like we're going out to always uh, have men as clients either. You know, this is no. women often, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I think as women, we should be okay paying another woman what they're worth too. Yeah. Yes, definitely, and seeing value in what they have to offer. Yeah, yeah. And I think as introverts, you know, because we're nervous about sales calls and that sort of thing, we underprice as well. So there's an added pressure to, you know, to price low because we're perhaps not, not as confident because we only see extroverts out there. So, yeah, my message is put your, put your prices up by 5% today. Just start doing it and get comfortable yeah. with, with earning more. Yeah, I do. I used to do money uh, mindset coaching. And we yeah. spoke a lot about glass ceilings that we impose ourselves yeah. and all sorts of stuff, right? So very interesting. Yeah, it's great mm. there just to, for anybody out there. Too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, as I'm saying that, I'm thinking, okay, but there's a few that maybe shouldn't do that because there's you yes. know, we have the opposite end of the spectrum where yeah. you have people that are, have zero skills and are taking full advantage of people Yeah. because they have oh, the totally. ability to sell, but they can't deliver. And yeah. they're charging way too much. I've heard so many horror stories of it. Yeah. And it puts anybody who does some really good coaching, you know, yeah. makes puts a bad reputation out there for coaches. Yeah. yeah. I think really generally we underprice, but there are definitely people out there who have Take been, you know, they probably work. Yeah. yeah. Or they've worked with a coach who's told them you should be charging, you know, $2,000 a session. Yeah. yeah. And give them really good sales scripts so they can make the sale. And then as you say, they, they can't deliver. Can't deliver, yeah. And it's interesting because my last coach that I had, I, I'm not going to say who they were because I'll. Um, some of her clients were some very well-known, prominent online people. And you know, one of these people that I follow, I said, you know, they mentioned their coach. I said, oh, what if I, I bet you they're paying fifty thousand dollars a year for this yep. coach because that's what you know, that's the numbers out yep. there, right? Fifty or hundred dollars. Yep. And I looked it up and went, oh. They live in my backyard practically and I can actually pay that, you know? <laughs> yeah. It was a stretch for me, but it was like, it was not some stupid number, right? It was like, no. yeah. and you know, she's probably devaluing, not valuing herself maybe enough, but yeah, you know, and she provided way more value than most coaches I've ever had. Yeah. And as a, you know, a chunk of a piece of money, but you yeah. know, it was, it was doable, right? Yeah. And it was, I think you need to charge to a certain degree also for people to show up. Yes. Charge yep. little people won't have that, their own interests in, like, vested interest in what they're trying to accomplish, right? Yeah. So, you yeah. know, it's all. I mean, I'm, most of the people, most of the people come to me are normally charging way too little. I don't yeah. attract people who are <laughs> way too much. Charging yeah. much, way too much, yeah. Yeah. But um, no. I was going to say, because a lot of people don't, if you're undervaluing and not charging enough, then people aren't yep. going to show up and the clients you're going to attract are the people that are not going to have yeah. a, a bigger vested interest in their, what they're trying to accomplish in their life. Right. If you're charging a yeah. hundred bucks an hour, someone's going to say, Oh, you know what? I can't make it today. You know? Yeah. That's a hundred bucks. I found I'll, that I'll eat it. Right. And when I did Facebook ads management that, you know, I started off charging not very much and I put my prices up quite fast, quite quickly. 
and I got much better clients. It was yeah. much easier to run the Facebook ads. They worked better because the people were better prepared. Of just Yeah, they have a vested interest. You know, they put some money yeah. on the line and I got to make it work, right? Yeah. And just more advanced. They were more ready for Facebook ads. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the newbie really starting out is really hard to work with yeah. in that world, right? Yeah, exactly. And until they scale themselves up sort of organically, so yeah. they have, you know, the ten or yeah. $20,000 to start investing in ads in a really decent way. Yeah. You know, it's really hard to, uh, yeah. it's hard to work on price the $50 low, budget, you, right? <laughs> yeah. Price too low and you attract those newbies. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it's hard work. Yeah. And it's hard for the newbies that are trying to get somebody yeah. that they can afford too, right? It's yeah. Sort of a double-edged sword out there, so. It yeah. is. <laughs> totally digress from uh, yeah. introversion into money, but that's all good. Yeah. Good yeah. conversation and uh, what everyone needs to hear. So we are going to go into our insight round now, and this mm -hmm. is meant to be fun, so don't get too stressed out about it. <laughs> so and I ask all my um, people that I interview the same questions, and mm -hmm. it's just about the intention is to get to know you a little bit more. Sure. And uh, so first question is, what was one mindset that's been hold, that has held you back at whatever point in your life? Yeah, so I think this one relates to business, but it, I think of it most in terms of business, but it probably relates to all aspects is that just because something is easy for me doesn't mean it's easy for other people. I think I really, and this affected my pricing, you know, I underpriced because something was easy for me. So I thought, why would people pay me to do that? And it's just like, particularly with numbers, numbers are really easy for me and they're not for a lot of other people. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it's like my mindset was no one's going to pay me to do numbers stuff. And there's a whole world of people out there who will pay for numbers stuff because they absolutely hate it. Oh, and absolutely. So it, it's not easy for them. So I think for me, it's just because it's easy for you doesn't mean everyone finds it easy. And there are people out there who will pay you to do what you're good at. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Love it. <laughs> and, uh, so name one person that changed your life for the better. And yeah, I was thinking about one, this one. But, you know, if you have one or two, you know, or a group might be a group or yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about my friend Trish, who I met through the not-for-profit space. Okay. And I think for me, she's just someone who really loved, really has a love for life and is really following what she loves now and really contributes to her community in a way that works for her. Oh, and for me, it's just been about just being about being around someone who has that love for life and really wants to contribute to their community in terms of seeing that, you know, how much small difference you know, one person can actually make to making people feel better about themselves. So including me, I think she's been really supportive towards me with my business. She's really believed in me. That's so, yeah, great. I think she's, she's the one person, really, yeah, fabulous friend to have. You can't have enough Trishas as friends if you ask me. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I really believe in surrounding yourself with people that are going to elevate your own vibration too, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it just makes the world a better place altogether. Yeah. Absolutely. So what is the best advice you've ever received? This one was really tough. I had to think about this, but I think – and it actually comes back, I think, might have been before we started, you said you were feeling a bit tired because you hadn't slept well. And for me, the best advice I'd, I've ever got is make sure you have a good night's sleep <laughs> as much as you can. Oh, I am such a cranky person if I do not get my required eight hours a night. So the best advice I've ever had is make sure you get a good night's sleep 
and that just yeah. makes everything else that much easier. Oh, it does. It does. Life is just so much better when you you wake up. Yeah. And it's not even I'm not about- so good on healthy eating. Okay. We all have our stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm usually pretty good with sleeping and eating because I have a nutrition background. Yeah. Um, but exercise, oh, that's my. Yes. Yeah, not so good. Yeah. yeah. Sleep is easy. I can do the sleep bit. The exercise yeah. and the eating, maybe not so much, but I, you know, getting enough sleep each night is something I can do towards my health. Yeah, absolutely. That's good too, though. Yeah. It yeah. all matters. Yeah. Perfect. So share one self-care habit that you practice regularly. Because I, I promote a lot of really good, healthy self-care and balance in your life. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, having said I'm not good at exercise, one of the things that I do is I walk my dogs every morning. Oh. And I don't think it doesn't really count as exercise. I don't really get my heart rate up or anything like that. But it's just There's a making meditative- sure I'm outside. Yeah, I don't take my phone with me. I don't listen to anything when I'm walking them. And I go first thing in the morning and I've really got into the habit now of not looking at my phone either before I go so that doesn't affect the walk. So it's uh-huh. about getting up, getting out and just walking and being outside in nature without any anything else distracting me. Um, yeah. That is very meditative in itself. Yeah. To meditate, you don't have to... Um, you don't have to be sitting crisscross on the floor, you know, yeah. um, eyes closed sort of thing. You, you can do a walking meditation too, where like you see, yeah. you've tuned out of everything around you aside from safety things, you know, but you're not worried yeah. about the phone and what's going on and all, you know, yeah. music and running or doing exercise, yeah. but, you know, you just, you're just out there yeah. enjoying yeah. nature. And yeah. There's something hugely uh, beneficial to that. Mm, I just love to see what's happening in the neighborhood and looking at the plants that are now, particularly with spring, they're coming oh, yeah. out to flower. It's just a really lovely way to start the day. Absolutely. And for those that are in North America where we are listening to this, when she says spring, it's actually spring. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> I have not yes. had this sitting on the shelf for months. We <laughs> 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 six months ago and I haven't put it out yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, which is completely opposite to everyone else. Exactly. I think what, confuses people the most is sunny Christmas but anyway yeah yeah (laughs) I get that my dad lived in Florida though too so a Mm. good chunk of the states is in the sunshine still right so but yeah I've had snow in Florida too though at Christmas (laughs) so um now anybody who listens to my podcast knows that I love books and I would Mm -hmm. love if you would share what you're reading right now uh so I'm reading I've the book that I'm reading at the moment is called Travelers in the Third Reich. Oh. So I've taken a break from business books. Yeah. And it's about, it's, it's, it takes snippets of, it's about people who visited uh, Germany just prior to World War Two, or, you know, 20s and 30s. Yeah. And it's a lot of it's from their diaries and interviews with them, observations of the Third Reich at the time. And it's just really interesting to read. Wow, cool. Memoirs that were in the moment rather than, you know, with the hindsight of what happened in Germany. Really fascinating stuff. Cool. And just it's nice to give you a how, how, Yeah, how unaware some people were of what was happening, even oh, though wow. there were, you know, buses fitted out ready to take machine guns and stuff. But then also the kindness of some people in, you know, helping particularly Jewish families escape. Just really amazing book. Yeah. Reminds me of um, one of my, my all-time favorite 
book that's not a business book. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's called uh, Nightingale. Oh, I haven't heard and of it. It's a women's perspective uh, from that same time period. Yeah. And, you know, going off to the concentration camps and things like that, but from a woman's yep. perspective as opposed to the men's yep. perspective. And, you know, the women that were left behind and the men were taken away and, you know, yep. and the kids and know how to deal with all that. And yep. it was, um, it was my all time favorite book of yeah. any book I've ever read. read. And I'm looking to it. it was, it's amazing. And I had a box of Kleenex for the last, <laughs> I don't know, half inch of the book. And I decided, I went to the entire box of Kleenex and I was sobbing yeah. so hard, and, but I couldn't put it down. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, just fascinating. I couldn't even read at some points. I had to you know, stop and breathe. <laughs> well, I've been reading this book in segments. I've been reading like a couple of chapters and then I think, Oh, I need a break from that. I'm going to read some sort of light mystery or something. Yeah. And then I come back into it because it is just, it's pretty heavy, intense. but it's really fascinating stuff to yeah. read. Intense. Yeah. Love it. I'll look that up. So do you have a favorite quote for us? Yeah. So I think I'm a huge, I very quite risk averse. And my favorite quote that I always, I have it on a bangle even that says, uh, what if I fall? Oh, but my darling, what if you fly? Which oh, is one of Erin Hansen's. And I just, such a good reminder for me that there are upsides to taking a risk rather than, you know, it's, necessarily going to go bad I think I'm a natural warrior so that's a really good okay. reminder to me to see that there are amazing opportunities out there absolutely absolutely and I speak a lot about that because a lot of what I do in my coaching is I'm you know it's about creating your um, extraordinary life for yourself which is yeah a lot of it starts with having the right goals in place and things like that yeah right? and yep. a lot of it's about taking risks failing yep. And I don't even like to use the word failure. Everything's either a win or it's a lesson. What did I learn yep. from that? Yep. Pick yourself up, try again, do something different, <laughs> you yep. know, try again. And, you know, there's a quote out there and I'm not going to be able to remember it about, you know, the difference between successful and unsuccessful people is the number of times somebody's failed, right? Where yep. it, it actually says that the successful person has failed way more times than the yeah. Unsuccessful has even tried to do anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little reminder that. And, you know, the world only sees the people that are super successful. They only yep. see Tony Robbins on the stage. Yeah. You know, Richard Branson is, you know, up on a stage or flying an airplane, you know, not flying himself, but, you know, he has very yep. airlines. You know, that's what they see. Yeah. They don't see the things that they've done. Yeah. I think too. also. There's so many, I mean, it's such a curated life you see on social media. Oh, I know. And it you doesn't know, serve anybody it's really. real. You know? No. And even these people now, you know, I've, you know, I listen to these people a lot and I'll talk about the mistakes that they make. You know, if yeah. you listen carefully to what they have to say, they're going to say, you know, actually I was listening to, um, I won't mention his name, but somebody in one of the organizations that I follow and, and um, he's one of the top people. And he made a $500,000 mistake recently, you know, yeah. multimillionaire, but a $500,000 mistake, right? Yeah. yeah. And he walked away saying, you know what? I'm okay. He had an accident. Yeah. Cost him a lot of money. Yep. Yeah. And he says, I'm okay. I'm alive. Yeah. I learned a couple of lessons. It cost me a lot of money. You know, yeah. I did do some of my due diligence that I should have done before I, you know, did what I did. Yeah. 
And he says, but I carry on, you know, and he, he literally picked up from right where he, you know, he, he had yeah. about a two week period of brushing himself off, literally got a few stitches yep. in the body and, you know, <laughs> yep. and put himself it's back amazing. together. It took him, a, he said, but it took him a few days for his ego to deal with it. Yep. You know, he says, I was embarrassed. I was humiliated. I was, you know, yep. he says, now I'm talking about it because this is what's happened. I yeah. have to own it and I'm going to move on. And he does, yeah, I, you know, and so many people just, that will finish so many people. They would just never try and proceed forward. And a, a much smaller mistake than that too. Yeah. You know, it just shuts people down completely. Yeah. I think we don't teach, we don't talk about resilience enough. I know it is gaining traction. You know, I think there's a lot of, there's that real positivity culture out there in the world at the moment that everything's always got to be good and you've always got to be positive. Whereas I think it's more realizing that bad things happen and then, but you get over it. Yeah. Yeah. You deal with it. And that resilience around that, that yeah. everything isn't going to be always okay. Sometimes it's going to be really bad, but it's more how you pick yourself up from that, that matters rather than trying to make things always good. Absolutely. And, that, you know, when you say that, I did a bunch of research, was it last year or the year before? I think it was two years ago on mm -hmm. innate resilience because yep. it was actually, I had lost eight people in my family to various things in an 18 yep. month period. So it's more yep. than what sort of your, what most people can manage to deal with when yep. it comes to grief, yep. right? So yep. I was talking to my grief counselor and I'm, I'm working, you know, I work myself through it, all that stuff. It was all good. Yep. And we, she was talking about innate resiliency because she says most people wouldn't even be able to get out of bed with what you just went yeah. through in life. Yeah. I had cancer. My dad died plus seven other people in my immediate surroundings, right? Yeah. And she says that would take out most people in this world. Yeah. You know, how do I get out of bed every day, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we had lots of discussions on that. That's what made me research it a bit too. Yeah. About what makes some people more resilient than other people. Yeah. Uh, holy crow. I'm just looking at the time. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love these that are meant to be my 30 minute conversation. <laughs> like, hmm, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> With that, I do try and keep these shorter yes. because I try and keep my listeners engaged. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> and, uh, but I love having these conversations because there's so much good that comes out of them. And it's usually not necessarily even the topic that we set into yeah, all the other stuff that goes with it too, yep. right? So that's what happens yes. in the conversation. So. Yeah. So we got your book. We got your quote. <laughs> yep. So what's one thing that you're most passionate about? It does not have to be your business. You know, if you tell me. It probably like, is. For me, it's about seeing introverts thrive. Okay. That getting over that message that society has put out there that you have to be an extrovert to be successful. Okay. So I'm really passionate about showing introverts that it's possible to be successful as an introvert without having to pretend to be an extrovert. Perfect. I love it. <laughs> and I'm glad. Yes. I, I've been hugely successful in my life and yep. as an introvert. And yep. it, sometimes it's a little bit harder, I find, but yep. you have to just use your energy a little bit differently. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So where can all our listeners find you? Uh, so my website is carolinemwood.com with the M in there because Caroline Wood is a very common name in the world. <laughs> and then on Facebook and Instagram, I'm on there as Quietly Caroline. Quietly Caroline. I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. That's perfect. Well, <laughs> this has been an absolute pleasure talking with you today. And uh, Same. I just, I enjoy these conversations so much. And that is why I do it, even as an introvert. Yep. It's, um, 
it's just I love good conversations as well exactly yeah. and I like getting into a little bit deeper stuff too I like to get past yeah. the surface of you know what is an introvert sort of thing right yeah <laughs> <laughs> um that was great I really appreciate it and to all the listeners out there hope you enjoyed this conversation and we will talk to you next time thank you everyone thanks Caroline thank you Thank you for listening today. Show notes are available at www.mariaconde.com.